Welcome to the New Birth Baptist Church Pulpit Podcast, a weekly service brought to you from the sanctuary of New Birth Baptist Church in Walnut Cove, North Carolina. We pray these messages and these sermons will be a help to you in your daily walk, and we look forward to you subscribing and coming back every day. May God bless you and have a wonderful day. God bless you all. Luke chapter 15. I've been here before. Uh, you ever attended New Birth? I mean, I lost a Baptist church. You've been in this chapter before. Donald loved to preach out of this. And he did it time and time again. But I'm also going to go back and just give you a little history out of the book of Luke. From about chapter 14 to chapter 17, you won't find those stories in any other book of the Bible. That's the uniqueness about uh, Dr. Luke. Dr. Luke would tell some stories about Jesus and his walk that nobody else talked about. Uh, that's very unique because most of the time you can read of all the stories in each of the Gospels from a different point of view. But you will not find this one or anything from chapter 14, 15, 16, 17 in any other book of the Bible. They're right here and right here only. The chapter, Luke chapter 15 is a, the whole chapter goes together. Now you don't read it that way a lot of times. You read three different stories. But they all go together. I'll give you an example. In the, in the first part of the chapter, we see that there's, a, um, there's a, uh, a sheep, and the sheep has gone astray. One out of the 99 has departed. Keep, in, uh, keep these in mind, and I'm going to come back and summarize them here in a minute. The next one you see is a disappearance of a coin from a lady's house. Give you a little history behind that. When a, when a woman would get married, her, her, her gift was, was 10 pieces of silver. So they, she treasured those pieces of silver, and all of a sudden, one's gone. Anybody in here ever lost something and just absolutely tear the house apart trying to find it and, and, and only find it right where you left it, and you just couldn't remember it? And so we got the story of this one sheep that's gone astray. We got the story of this one coin that has disappeared. Now, you know that coin didn't disappear. I mean, it didn't cause it to happen itself. And then in the last part, we have the disappearance of a son. And so there's a, there's a disappearance of things that happen in each one of these stories. But each one of them have a little bit of a different meaning to them. For example, the sheep was foolish. I mean, it, it should have known never to depart from the folds. It should have never decided to go away from the shepherd. But it, it made a foolish decision and went away. Now the coin it didn't have anything to do with its disappearance. It didn't just grow legs and hop up and, and disappear. So there are some times where we're lost, not because of what we've done, but just because of who we are. You following some of these sort of analogies here? We've got one that made a bad choice. We've got one that made no choice. It's just that they were lost because of who they, what they were. And then we get to the last one that we're going to spend our time on today where he made a choice. Now, the sheep has no soul. The coin has no soul. So they're a little bit different than the last one. There was a conscious decision by this one son to get out of the house, to leave. He's always called the prodigal son, the wayward son, the one that made the, the wrong choice to get away. 
And so he, he makes the statement, give me. It's all about him and what he wants to do. We're going to read the last part of this because there are about two or three things in here that I want you to see about the daddy. Not the son, not the, not the prodigal son, not the wayward son, not the other son, but daddy handles both sons in the same manner. I want you to see that this morning. So let's start reading in uh, verse 11. A certain man had two sons. And the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falleth to me. And he divided unto them his living. Now, respectfully speaking, uh, we many times as children receive an inheritance when the parents die. This boy wouldn't want to wait. He had so much disrespect for his father that he wanted what he had now. He didn't want to wait for him to die. And so in a sense, he's essentially saying, Daddy, you're just as much dead to me as anything. Just give me what I deserve. I'm out of here. That's a, that's a bad feeling. That's a bad feeling for, for a daddy to have, that the son would say such a thing and want such a thing. But what did he do? He gave it. Let's read on. And not many days after, the younger son gathered all together and took his journey into a far country, and there wasted his substance with riotous living. Now, I don't know if the daddy ever found out about that. Don't know if he ever knew where he went. Don't know if he knew what he was doing. Don't have any idea. But I want you to see about the daddy here in a minute. And when he had spent all, there arose a mighty famine in that land, and he began to be in want. Now, David, he himself made some bad choices way back when, but he got to a point in his life where he said in Psalm 23, verse 1, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He found his source of what he needed. So this boy is going to find that he is in need. And he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country. And see, many times people make these choices where they get away from their foundation, they get away from their home, they get away from what they grew up under, they get away from those things. This is a, this is a, a beautiful picture, if you can say it that way, of man's waywardness, getting away from the father, getting away from the house, getting away from the, 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 the raising, the bringing up that they were under. And that happens too many times today. It happens to the children, but it also happens to the parents. They get out in the world, and they disappear. They get off on their own and do what they want to do, act like they want to act. And all they're worried about is feeling good. All they're worried about is living it up. All they're worried about is doing what they want to do. And that's the whole emphasis behind the first part of this, is this son, for whatever reason. Now, I don't, I don't know what happened to cause this, but something in his mind, got a hold to him and said, I'm out of here. I believe we have to guard against that ourselves and say, I'm out of here. He went and joined himself to the citizen of that country, and he sent, uh, sent him into his fields to feed swine. Now, a little history here. This man's Jewish. They had nothing to do with pigs. They didn't eat them. They didn't touch them and they were considered to be unclean if they did so. So now not only has this man gone out into the world, gone out into a foreign country, gone out into a foreign land, 
took everything that he daddy's that his daddy gave him and went out and wasted it. But now he has defiled himself in this world. He's not only made the choice to, to depart, but he has now made the choice to do bad things. Now, I don't know what he did when it said riotous living, but that really in the Bible just means that there was a lot of partying going on. Now, I, I don't know all the details of that, but all I know is that he got to a point that he was associated with the swine, associated with the pigs. He's down in the mud, folks. He's down in the pig pen. He's got about as low as he can possibly get in life. He's just destroyed himself. His testimony is gone. His daddy don't know where he's at. So it's just a sad, sad, sad situation. I hope you're following me this morning. And he would fain have filled his belly with the husk that the swine did eat. I mean, he, he had a strong desire because he was so bad, so low, so hungry, so down and out, that he was going to eat what the pigs were eating. That's pretty low. And when he came to himself, do you hear that? But what did it take? What did it take for this son that was ready to go party and live it up and do exactly what he wanted to do? What did it take for him to realize that a mistake had been made, that he had left the best life that he could ever leave? What did it take? Rock bottom, mud bottom, down in the dirt. Nobody to care for him whatsoever. And I, you can guarantee as he's laying there in that mud, as he's eating that food, as he's m m messing with those pigs and he's looking around him, he has to say, I think I've messed up. He has to start thinking about daddy. He has to start, start thinking about home. He has to start thinking about all that he had before him. And he starts to want for that. He starts to desire to have that back. Sometimes we don't realize what we've got till it's gone, the saying says. And that's where this boy is at. He said, and when he came to himself, he said, how many hired servants? He's looking and thinking back, even the slaves, even the bond servants that my daddy has are living better than me. How many hired servants of my father's have bread enough and to spare, and I perish with hunger? He's got a physical hunger but he's also got something else. He's got a spiritual hunger that's starting to well up in him. He's got a conscious now, and that conscious is getting a hold to him. It's working on him. It's helping him to realize what he's done and where he's at. I'm setting the stage here. He says, I will arise and go where? To my father. And will say unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before thee and am no more worthy to be called thy son. Make me as one of thy hired servants. And he's telling the truth. He's not one bit worthy to go back to his daddy and say, Daddy, I'm sorry. Not one bit. He made the choice to take what was his. He made the choice to depart out into the country. He made a choice to get himself in the mud and to do all the wrong things. His daddy could have looked at him and said, You're on your own, buddy. He said, you made, your, you made your bed, you're going to sleep in it. You went to where you're at, you're going to stay there. Now, there are times in our life where kids have to learn the hard way, and we have to look at them and say, 
you did it. And so we, we, we do that. I mean, I, Jack, he's going to get in trouble one of these days. I could, I could just run and rescue him out. But I may give him a false sense of security there if I bail him out every time he makes a mistake. Sometimes they just have to suffer while the daddy sits home and cries. Wanting to fix it. Wanting to change it. Wanting to make it better. But knows that the best thing right now is to let it take its course. Not abandon him. Not quit loving him. But just let it go. He says, I will arise and go to my father, and I will say unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before thee, and am no more worthy to be called thy son. Make me as one of thy hired servants. What did he do? He rose and came to his father. But I love this next word. But. This is where we're going to get down to the nitty-gritty. All of us have been this son. All of us have been in a place that we were not even in the presence of the Father. That's the coin. You hear me? We're not even in the presence of the Father. We're just born that way. We were born lost. You hear me? Born lost. But over time, we have to realize we're lost. We have to understand. So the coin... It was saved out of itself, not on its own power, but by the one that found him. That woman, she sought after that coin. Jesus is seeking after that which is lost today. He is seeking after those that haven't really, per se, done anything to cause their sinfulness. They were just born into it, but that doesn't negate the Father's love. He's going to seek after every single one of us. But along the way, we get a conscious, and we become that sheep. And that sheep, for whatever reason, just wanders away. And you and I do the same thing. This is the backslidden Christian. This is the Christian that has made a choice, and usually gradually, to just separate out from the fold. How many times have you been out of church and shouldn't have been? How many times have we made a choice over a period of time Get out of church and know we shouldn't be. Get out of the fold of God's children and shouldn't be. Get out of the will of the Father and shouldn't be. We just drift away and all of a sudden we turn around and there's nobody there. But what is the Father doing? What is the shepherd doing? The Father leaves all the ones that are secure in the fold, leaves that one, and then goes after that one that's separated from the 99. The foolish decision to get out is still in the eyes of God, in the eyes of the Father, in the eyes of the shepherd, something that needs to be forgiven. You hear me? We need forgiveness of all of our sin as a sinner. That's the coin. We need forgiveness of all the sins in our life, which is the sheep, to be brought back into the fold. But then we get to the son conscious decision to defile himself, conscious decision to, to just take instead of give, conscious decision to get down into the mud of this world. But, you hear me? 
But when he was yet a great way off, his father saw him. Now, did the father... That's what he could have done. He could have just said, and turned around and walked the other way. Went back to his daily life. Went back to doing what he's always been doing. Went back and said to the other son. He could have went back to the other son and said, well, he's back. Stupid boy. Making all these crazy decisions. He could have done that. He could have looked at him and said, bye, don't come back. Now, like I told you before, there's times when that needs to happen. They need to grow up. They need to learn the ways of the world. They need to suffer for the consequences, suffer the consequences for the decisions that they made. That's all of us. But you know, in the end, there's something they're waiting that is beyond all of that. What did it say? And had compassion. Sometimes that's hard to do. When you've been wronged, that's hard to do. When mistakes have been made that you tried to prevent by what you did as a daddy, as a mama, as a person. I'm really speaking to the daddies today. Uh, we could easily just Wipe it clean, be done. But this father, knowing, you have to realize that when it says, but when he was yet a great way off, that daddy stopped what he was doing during the day at some point. Quit working, wasn't talking to the other son, wasn't, wasn't interacting with the, the servants. What is he doing? He's going out to the edge of town. He's going out and he's just standing there. I wonder if today's the day. I wonder if this is the moment. I wonder if he'll ever come back. I wonder what he's doing. I wonder what he's done. And he waits and probably the sun goes down and he goes back home. Next day, gets up, does his thing. Next day, end of the day, walks back out. Maybe today. This might be the time. I'm going to wait a little longer. He's having compassion. And then one day, now folks, I wish I could act this one out. But I'd be out for a while. He had compassion and ran. He saw him. And he knew who he was. He saw him coming. Instead of just waiting on him to get there, to give him the, the down in the country, instead of just waiting for him to get there, to rear back and give him what he deserved, maybe, maybe even as an adult child, deserved a spanking, deserved a whooping. Well, what does he do? He ran. He runs. He goes to where he's at, and it says, and fell on his neck. I, I mean, you've seen these videos of people at the airports 
where their, their loved ones have been gone for a long time, and they don't just embrace. I mean, some women will jump into their husband's arms. The kids will just wrap their, their arms around daddy's, daddy or mama's legs, and they don't let go. They're crying. They're weeping. They're, they're rejoicing. They've got signs. They've got balloons. Welcome home. Are you getting this yet? Are you grabbing a hold of this yet? Because every person sitting in here is that son needing to get back to daddy, needing to come back home. All of us. He says, and the son said unto him, he said what he said he was going to say. The son did exactly what he was supposed to do, just like you and I. When we come back, when we get back, sometimes maybe even when we crawl back at the Father's feet, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in thy sight and am no more worthy to be called thy son. We ought to say that to the Father every day. But the Bible says if we confess our sin, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sin and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness, John 1, 9. 1 John 1, 9. You hear that? We're not worthy. Never was. Never will be. That didn't change the Father's compassion. It didn't change his way of going and meeting him, and it didn't change what he did for him. But the Father said to his servants, he, looks, he turns around and looks at everybody else and says, look who's home, look who's back. The Bible says that the angels rejoice. Did you hear me? The angels rejoice when that lost finds his way home and gets back. So he looks and says, it's time to have a real celebration. Bring forth the best. Let me just tell you what we're clothed in. I got a coat on. She's wrapped up because she's cold. We bring all kinds of things in here that we wrap ourselves in. But this says, he says, bring the best robe. The best robe you can ever put on is the righteousness of Christ. The best clothes that you can ever put on is what he gives you. So the Father gives to him the robe. He gives to him Christ and put it on him. So you can't get it yourself. You can't get the forgiveness and compassion and love of the Father by reaching out and grabbing a hold of it. It's got to be put on you by Christ. But you're drawn to him. And when you meet Ted on, he's ready to clothe you in his righteousness. And he does it immediately, instantly. That's the love of the Father. And put a ring on his hand, identification. That's not my middle finger, just for those online. I'm identified that I'm hers. She's identified that she's mine. And when the Father met you right where you were at, he put a ring on you and identified himself with you through the blood of the cross. You're now one of his. You belong to him. You always belong to him. We're not our own. We've been bought with a price, the Bible says, by the blood of the cross. 
and shoes on his feet, he's preparing him to now go and do. Protecting him, giving him an exactly, and bring hither the fatted calf, not the old weak one, not the one with blemishes. Bring the one that is perfect. Bring the one that I have to say that he's probably been allowing to fatten up, waiting for this day. This is the love of the Father. Bring the fatted calf and kill it and let us eat and be merry. There's a sacrifice involved when you come to Christ, when you come to God. There's a sacrifice in your life that has to take place. Christ made the ultimate sacrifice, but now you've got to give of yourself totally to him instead of taking everything as it was in the beginning. For this, my son, was dead. He, he thought in his eyes and heart every day, I wonder if he's alive. I wonder if he's there. But the father sees us a little differently. He knows that we're physically alive. He knows that we're physically able to do what we do. But he also looks at us without the blood of the cross, without the forgiveness of the father, without the redemption of our sin through the blood of the cross, we're dead. Spiritually dead. So he's looking at his son and yes, he's physically alive. But oh, spiritually speaking, you and I, when we come and give up of ourselves and confess ourselves to the Father and say, we're not worthy, he looks at us and says, you were dead. Ephesians chapter 2, verse number 1, he has quickened us. He has made us alive now, spiritually speaking. And alive, is alive again. He was lost and is found, and they began to be merry. Now we know what happened with the other son. What did he do with him? Did he get all over him too? Did he stomp and spit and say, you evil son, you disrespectful son? No, he looked at him and said these words. And he said to this father, lo, this many years do I serve thee. In verse 29, neither transgressed I at any time thy commandment. See, this is the way we are sometimes when we see others come back and don't think they're worthy. Here's us. We're the Pharisees. This older son, he's, he's a representation of the religious crowd that thinks they've got it all right. And when somebody comes running down the aisle of redemption, we look at them and say, never work. They'll never make it. They're not like me. But what did the daddy say? But as soon as this, thy son was coming, wouldn't even call him his brother, which hath devoured thy live in verse 30 with harlots, that sort of gives us an idea of what he thought he was doing. Thou hast killed for him the fatted calf. And he said unto him, son. Looks at him, son, thou art ever with me. And all that I have is thine. He could have looked at him and said, get your butt back to work. He could have looked at him and said, this is none of your business. He could have looked at him and said, you, you evil thing. Trying to be nice here. It was meat. It was necessary. It was essential, he says, that we should make merry and be glad for this thy brother. Folks, look around you. Look at the one beside you. I know that you might be sitting beside a spouse or a friend or a child, but in reality, spiritually speaking, this thy brother. You see it? For this thy brother was dead. That one sitting beside you is your brother and sister in Christ. You should rejoice as the Father did, and as the Father does when somebody comes to redemption. Don't be a Jonah. 
Don't just play church. Don't just do something out of necessity. Don't just accept the, the task of I've got to go and, and, well, I've got to go tell people about Jesus and I hope they come to the knowledge of salvation, but I know some of them ain't. And then when they do, act like Jonah and get mad because the Ninevites repented. We can't be this way, folks, because the Father loves us all, wants us all to make right choices, wants us all to see the forgiveness, the mercy, the grace that he is ready to give to all of us, not just one here and there. The one that you think that doesn't deserve it, deserves it as much as you do. The thief on the cross deserved it. Why? He placed his faith and trust in Christ. Nothing else matters. Nothing else matters that they have done in the past. It does to you and me. The abortionist, the baby murderer, Saddam Hussein, in our eyes, burn in hell, they say. Father didn't say that. He's waiting. He's waiting for that wayward one to come back. And he's also ready to look at the religious crowd and say, you need to get out of your religion and into your relationship and realize you need this just as much as that one does. He's looking at the older son saying, you need the same thing that I'm giving to this one. You need Y'all are equal in the eyes of the father. One does not stand out more than the other. They both deserve what God's going to give them when they come back. But if we are so pharisaical, if we are so religious in who we are and what we do, thinking we've got it all figured out and we can point the finger of who deserves it and who doesn't deserve it, we're just as lost as the other. Because the father looked at both sons, looked at both of them and tried to help them. He says, this thy brother was dead and is alive again and was lost and is found. That's all the father saw. He said it twice. He, he, he said it twice. All that is in the father's mind and heart right now through the blood of Jesus is that he was lost, but now he's found. He was dead, but now he's alive. And the angels sing hallelujah, praise the Lamb. That's what heaven does. That's what the Father does. But us, we get judgmental. But the Father is waiting, ready for both sons to get it right. Let's not be the older son. Let's not be the younger son. Let's not be either one of them. Let's not get wayward. Let's not get religious. Let's not venture out. Let's not complain and murmur about what somebody else is getting. Let's unite in what the Father wants. And that's for every soul to come to the knowledge of salvation that no soul goes to a devil's hell. Nobody. That's what the church ought to be today, is like the Father, like the Son. I had another message prepared, and it's similar but different. Because Jesus would walk into the sinner's house. The, Pharisee, the Pharisees were waiting in the brinks. This is in John. Waiting in the brinks and watching what Jesus was doing. And all of a sudden, he goes into this sinner's house and they go, oh, What is he doing? 
He looked at them another time where the disciples were about to sit down and eat. They didn't wash their hands. The Pharisees, <gasps> they didn't do the tradition of man. They didn't do it the way we do it. They didn't do it the way we said it ought to be done. Tradition in the church can be destructive. This tradition in your life can be destructive. When tradition becomes more important than the gospel message, we got it all wrong. When we're more worried about how we do church instead of who's in here, and who does come in here, you start, where they come from? Who are they? And worse, somebody comes through the door that you know is lost, and you just go, never. They've done too much. Folks, the church has got to start being like Jesus. Now, that does not mean that we accept sin into this house. That does not mean that we allow the ways of the world and Satan to come into this house. But when the person, when you, when anybody else comes through the doors of this church, lost and undone, wayward and, don't, and gone, lost and dead, we ought to rejoice. I don't care who they are, what they look like. When they come up this aisle, we ought to be up here embracing them as the Father did, running to where they're at. Now, I know we don't kiss on the neck and do all that, that stuff anymore. That was just their tradition. That's the way they did things. That was their custom in the Jewish community. They greeted each other with a kiss, it said in the Bible. There's nothing wrong with that when it's your tradition and your way. Other, other nations do that today. Uh, the, the Italians, man, they kiss everything. Huh? Oh, I just on the cheeks, on the neck. But don't worry about tradition. Worry about what the father was after. And that was for that son to come home and to give him what he didn't deserve. And that was acceptance. That was compassion. That was forgiveness. That was the robe of righteousness. That was the ring of identification. And that was the shoes, which I think was preparing him for, to deliver the gospel. Anytime you look at the shoes of the whole armor of God, you, you put on the, the shoes, you put on the, 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 the feet, the feet take the gospel to others. So now, can you imagine the testimony this young boy is going to have now? Coming in and finding forgiveness of the Father for everything that he's done. Wow. We all ought to rejoice at the Father's love. Folks, if you, if you haven't made that decision today, maybe you have made the decision, and you're, you know you're a born-again Christian. You know that you have been saved by the blood of the cross you know that Jesus is your Savior, and you know that you love him. I ask you today, just like he turned around and looked at Peter, and he says, Peter, do you love me? How many times did he have to say that to Peter for Peter to realize what he was asking? Three times. So I'm going to ask you again, do you love Jesus? I'm going to ask you again, because the last one is the important one. Because if you do, you will do what he's asked. Do you love Jesus? Be careful answering that question if you're not ready to really love Jesus. One of my pastor friends sent me a devotion. He said the danger of the pulpits today is they have love of self, love of the church, love of the people, love of the works, 
but they have forgotten about the love of the Savior. And so I ask myself the question, do I love Jesus? Father wants us to come to him. Do that today. Accept him as Savior.